Hello, everyone, and welcome to From the Sidelines. Unfortunately, I'm not Noah because he is out with sickness, but I will ask you this. How's it going? How's it going? My name is Josh Duvall, and I'm here with Chad Davis and Devin Davis, and today we have quite the episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TheFTSPod, or send us emails at TheFTSPod at gmail.com for our mailbag segment. So, guys, the semifinals for the Champions League started today. Ooh. Did you watch Did you watch the Ajax game? Oh, yeah, I was excited to tune in and see how Ajax would uh, perform against an EPL team like uh, Tottenham. And they continued their form, an impressive 1-0 win on the road. Got the crucial... Hey, Devin, uh, guess what? Yeah. We don't care about Champions League. We care about a super fun McKenzie Can interview coming up. Special thanks to her for joining us on this episode. And let's go ahead and get right into it. All right. Starting off our interview today, we have former Kentucky women's basketball player Mackenzie Can. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Doing good. Doing, Doing good. Good to have you on. First ever guest. How's that feel? Feels pretty special. Thank you guys for having me. All right. So you grew up in Anderson County, right? Yes, I did. Can you tell us? For- nice. Can you tell us about what it was like growing up there and playing basketball there? Um, well, it's a pretty small town, only one high school, and I actually didn't play basketball till like, middle school. I actually played soccer. Hey, that's Devin's sport. That's my sport, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I played soccer, and then I kind of, I was kind of really always athletic, and I kind of got too serious too soon, and I got burnt out, and so I just decided I wanted to play basketball one day, and so I did, and I tried out for the team and made it, and it worked out pretty well, so I'm glad I did that, <laughs> but it was really cool growing up, like, right Close to Kentucky, I guess. Like, growing up, basketball is a big deal in Kentucky, so that yeah. was pretty cool. Other I than try- that, not much more to do in Lawrenceburg. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think tried I went out. to Pizza Hut there once. <laughs> that was about it, though. Yep. Well, I mean, we have, like, two bourbon distilleries, but until 21, that was pretty useless to me, so. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm glad you made your team because I was the last person cut when I tried out for my team. Aww. And I was sad. <laughs> well. Um, so when you, after you got started into basketball and you realized you must have been pretty good at it, even though you just started in middle school and um, started playing in high school and then was uh, being recruited to play D1 college. Uh, can you tell us what that process was like and what all different schools was wanting you to play for them? Um, well, I'm probably, my dad is an athlete, but I'm probably the only one in the family that's really an athlete enough to go D1. So the process for us was kind of like foreign a little bit. I mean, I played AAU, Kentucky Premier, um, growing up, and that got me a lot of exposure and then I guess my very first offer was Western Kentucky, my sophomore year of high school. Go Tops. Yeah. I was going to say that. Offer. My dad played football there. So I was going to go there, and I was about to commit, and then their coach got fired. I, I forget her name. But she's a really sweet lady. But she got fired, and so I kind of was like, well, I'm back at square one. And I was – didn't want to go far away from home, so I pretty much decided that I wasn't going to talk to any schools that were that far away from home. And then my, I think my final list coming out of high school, I can't, it was like so long ago. I went to Cincinnati first, you guys know that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
I can't even remember. It was like Northern Kentucky. Louisville was in there for a while, but I wasn't going to go to Louisville. Cincinnati, Eastern Kentucky. Actually, UK wasn't in the mix the first time around. So I went to Cincinnati. And then whenever I transferred from there, I had a whole different set of schools that um, wanted me to play for them. So So Kentucky didn't even recruit you out of high school, did they? Um, no. I mean... Louisville definitely recruited me more than Kentucky did. Okay. <laughs> good uh, call not going there, Bob. <laughs> good call. <Yeah. laughs> um, so what led you to kind of uh, consider transferring, and how did Matthew Mitchell recruit you to transfer to UK? Um, well, actually, he didn't. He didn't know much about me. But I, the two assistants at UK both offered me at their previous schools. Then one of them coached at Western Kentucky, so she was part of the staff that offered me. And then the other assistant worked at Dayton, and he recruited me pretty heavy. So both of them knew me really well, and they're the ones who kind of um, told Coach Mitchell about me. And that's okay. kind of how that happened. Speaking of Matthew Mitchell, uh, I know he's a – Seems like a pretty goofy guy. You know, he always does like his dance at Big Blue Madness and everything. Uh, what was it like playing for him? Um, I don't know if I can <laughs> say the uh, right words for that. It was quite the experience. I would say he's definitely goofy. He definitely likes to dance. I would say I'm just grateful that he gave me the opportunity to play for my state because that's something that I really always wanted to do um, ever since I was little. So. So you had to sit out your sophomore year due to the transfer rules. Did you happen, probably not, but did you happen to notice, well, we, we had season tickets to the game. We got called to be next to the goals on each side. Did you remember seeing us at all? No. <laughs> they actually, they actually mopped the floors me? for that game. Do you remember seeing me? I was on the opponent's side, so I was with Ar- Arkansas, and that was when Jimmy Dykes was yeah. the Arkansas uh, coach. Okay. So I got, I got to, like, watch Jimmy Dykes coach uh, that game. That's cool, yeah. Yeah, they also got to mop the floors of that game. I was watching them on TV. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see I have I still have the videos on my phone, so. <laughs> pretty uh, pretty good experience for me, sitting courtside. I did have to work a lot. Normally, I don't see uh, those guys doing much, but, mm-hmm. of course, when I do it, everyone falls every possession. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so while you were uh, playing at Kentucky, uh, do you have like a favorite moment, moments or game that kind of sticks out to you? Mm. Favorite game, I would have to say there's a few. I would say as a team, my favorite game was, so I'm counting, this is our red shirt, I count as freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, super senior. So I'm going to say that that was my junior year. And when we beat Mississippi State Mississippi at home. State? I remember yeah. that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was a pretty big deal for us. Um, a big win for us, especially that was the year when we had a lot of transfers and everyone thought we were going to be terrible. And then we ended up upsetting the number two team in the country, so that was pretty special. And then personally, one of my favorite games was also my junior year. And I got my very first start against Louisville at Louisville. And we went to double overtime and I played all 45 minutes. So that was probably my personal favorite game. Nice. My legs would have been dead after playing 45 minutes. Yeah, I actually had a really bad back spasms. I had a back brace on, and it was it was bad. But it was Louisville, so I wasn't coming out. They didn't want me to. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of uh, the year with all those transfers, which is 
still quite a mystery today. Like, not very many people know what happened, and I don't know, maybe you're not allowed to talk about it, but what kind of made you decide to stay in the mix of all that? Um, there's a couple of reasons. Um, the obvious one is I'd already transferred, so if I was going to transfer again, I would have to sit out. So that's pretty much off the table for me. I'd have to drop a level, and at that point, I wasn't ready to do that. And then also, I had set out a whole year, and I was like, I'm going to play a game in Kentucky Jersey. And also, I had formed um, pretty good relationships with, like, Macy. I don't know if you guys know her. She's, like, my best friend. Macy's my best friend. And then Taylor, we're really good friends. So, Michaela, Evelyn, all them, we got really close. So, it was kind of like we stayed for each other type of thing. Nice. All right, I got one. Um, If you were alone on a deserted island and you could have three things, what would they be? Benny. Is food, is that like the logical answer? And then I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say Rafi too. Rafi, yeah, I'll <laughs> take Rafi. I don't need I don't need anything else. Just give me Rafi. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good answers. Oh, <laughs> uh, so since you mentioned your relationship with uh, Michaela and Evelyn, uh, what was it like watching them get drafted? Uh, Evelyn went third, and then uh, Michaela went later in the draft. But what was it like seeing uh, your teammates have such success uh, in the WNBA draft? Oh, that was pretty awesome. I think um, no one was expecting Evelyn to get drafted that high. Not not because she's not good enough. It's just sometimes some of that stuff is just politics or, like, if you're top five to the nation, you're going to go higher, like, stuff like that. So I don't think anyone was really expecting that. So it was really cool to see her get drafted. And then Michaela, obviously, I grew up playing against her. I've known her since she was in middle school. So seeing um, that success and seeing her get drafted was a super cool moment, especially for a Kentucky kid. You know, we got to cheer each other on. So, yeah. So being from Kentucky must have felt pretty good being able to play for uh, UK. So um, kind of describe one of your favorite fan experiences or like any kind of fan experiences that uh, you enjoyed. Um, I do not have. Besides any- now, of course. You said what? <laughs> you said besides, I said besides now. now. Oh. Um, uh, I don't know. I would say. There was a little boy and girl that used to come to all our games, and they painted a sign of me, and I can't remember their names, but I always saw it every game, and they always stayed after to take a picture every game. And so that was pretty cool just to see them come to all the games. And I think actually the little girl was like a big fan of Macy, and the, the, the little boy was a big fan of me, so they both um, stayed for both of us. And I would say other than that, the fan interactions, it was kind of funny because whenever me and Macy would go places together, that's when people would notice us, like – individually like sometimes but like we're together like everyone's like oh that's macy mckenzie it was like we were like a duo or something so i would say that was probably the only thing that i noticed that's awesome uh did you have a who or who was your biggest inspiration or hero whenever you were growing up oh like uh athletic figure or just like anyone uh anyone anyone inspiration hmm I wouldn't, I guess, say my dad. This is maybe the basic answer. But my dad kind of came from a really tough situation growing up, and he made something of himself and then was able to provide for me, and I grew up very fortunate. So that's, like, been an inspiration to me. And then also he's the only athlete in my family, so he – and I'm now the only athlete, so he, he gave me that gene, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Athlete, I grew up Isle of Rondo. And I know he's a jerk, apparently. I don't know him personally. I've just heard he's a jerk. But I grew up loving him. I'm a fair player. 
You're a Boston sports fan, right? Yeah. Yeah, I love the Celtics. I love Rondo, even though he's he's not there anymore. But that's where he was at during his prime. And that's where he was at when I was like old enough to like get into sports and pick a team. So I was like, they're my team. Yeah. All right. Um, so do you have any advice for any upcoming uh, high school basketball talents or any players entering college? Mm, well, I could give a lot of advice, but I would say my best piece of advice is to go somewhere that you'll be happy playing basketball. You mean like recruiting? Like if someone yeah, yeah, college yeah, basketball? yeah, yeah. I would say go somewhere that you're going to be happy and um, not necessarily where you get uh, – the biggest status or anything like that just go where you're going to be the best fit and where because as someone i mean i've technically transferred what three times so because <laughs> i've walked i guess twice actually so i would say go where you're going to be most happy that's probably my and don't let anyone else tell you where you're going to be happy at that's probably my best piece of advice okay so the second mystery i'm going to bring up were you a senior at kentucky ever because I, uh, I don't think you had a senior night did you or you were there on senior night? Um, yeah, that's that's a little bit of a story. <laughs> I was supposed to come back for my super senior year. And so I didn't walk senior night. I was senior academically, but I didn't walk because I was supposed to come back. So they were going to let me walk with Macy and Taylor in their class. But then I graduated and UK didn't really have a master's program. And so I was kind of at the point where, like, do I want to I mean, I kind of knew, like, I'm not going to go to the WNBA, so, like, that's not really my goal. And I decided that I would want to go get my master's. So I left, but senior night was already over. So I was technically a senior academically, though, but <laughs> if that answers your question, kind of senior. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of academics, um, I know you made honor roll, uh, SEC honor roll, multiple years. What was it like being a student athlete as well as, you know, the academic side of it? Well, actually, it was, I mean, challenging, obviously, but I would say that the amount of support that they give you, like, um, we had a tutor for every class, unless you had, like, above a 90, like, three or something, you had a tutor. Then you had lots of mandatory study hall hours, which, like, in the moment, especially being young, you're like, I hate this. And then when at the end of the semester, whenever you have a three, seven, you're like, okay, it was okay. It wasn't so bad. <laughs> yeah. But I would say, like, they had the Cat Center at UK, and um, that's something that they didn't have at Cincinnati, so that was new for me. But they just have a lot of support there, a lot of tutors, a lot of help. Um, so it was hard traveling, but they just have so many resources for you. That um, I think, like, the team this last year, they had, like, 10 people on academic honor roll, something crazy. Like, they just really that's awesome. Um, academics, yeah. School yeah. comes first. <laughs> yeah i would say the only trouble i had with that was i was actually an animal science minor and we had all of our i don't know if you guys have any friends in ag or anything but we always on fridays we went to lab at the farm and we always played on thursdays so i would always miss miss the labs and i like had to change my minor because i missed all of that that was really the only like issue that i ever had with academics and basketball so um, so when you graduated and decided to grad transfer, what was it like uh, moving from Kentucky to Florida and um, going to D2? And you guys obviously had a successful season yeah, this past year. Yeah, the national championship. Yeah, so yeah you guys made the championship awesome. game. So, yeah. so can you just um, kind of talk about that experience for me? Yeah. Um, well, 
transferring. Whenever I told Coach Mitchell I wasn't coming back, I did not know if I was playing basketball anymore. I thought I wanted to get my master's, but then the idea of, like, graduating and doing school in two more months was, like, not exciting to me. And then I found Southeastern, which is where I went. And then there's actually, I don't know how much you guys, I mean, I guess you guys follow women's basketball, but um, another girl transferred from Kentucky to Western Kentucky, and then she transferred to Southeastern. So we were actually teammates, and that's how I knew about the school. And I kind of decided to drop a level because I had played, like, very high-level basketball for four years, and I kind of was ready just to, like, something more relaxed, something more I can focus on school and just – enjoy um other other aspects of life i guess um and florida is awesome i don't know i guess you guys probably follow me on instagram but i'm at the beach like all the time that's Vinny awesome i'm it. so jealous yeah <laughs> Vinny loves it. um it was really cool we played on saturdays and our off days was sunday and i'd go to the beach every week so it's really been nice living in florida yeah i love it <laughs> uh do you have a preference between living in florida and living in kentucky well, Kentucky's always home, so, <laughs> yeah. I can. Florida is, like, nice, but it's, like, almost, like, not real life. Like, I couldn't see myself living here my whole life because I feel like I'm constantly on vacation, like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, like, a really cool, like, everyone's, like, that's ridiculous, but, like, kind of, I feel like I'm on vacation every day. And, like, I've just been playing basketball and getting my master's, and I haven't had a job. Like, I just can't imagine myself having a 9 to 5 every day and living in Florida, like just yeah mixed. it's kind of <laughs> like, like a, it's like a vacation retirement place no it is there's so many old people like <laughs> like it's ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i don't plan on living here my whole life no <laughs> so you like to travel a lot correct mm-hmm. yes i do so would you mind telling us about maybe some of your favorite places that you've been throughout your life well, I would say my how I learned that I love to travel was obviously um, traveling with basketball. Like, we always went places, and we never really got to see much. We would always just go from, like, the plane to the hotel to the gym, which obviously, like, that's our job. But I was always like, I have to come back. Like, I this is, like, a really cool place. So my favorite place that I've been, probably Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And my dad took me there. Oh. as a grad gift last summer, I guess. And I spent a week there, and that was really, really cool. And then I've actually been to Germany, and that was a cool experience. That's the only time I've been out of the country. And then my sister lives in Texas, and I love Texas. So I would say those are probably my three favorite places. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so jumping back to your uh, past season, uh, you played for Tim Hayes, correct? Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, can you kind of compare and contrast kind of what he was like uh, with Matthew Mitchell? Yeah, well... <laughs> They're really different, and I would say um, it's a little different uh, playing on a different level because at the D1 level, um, a lot of it's, like, money. Uh, a lot of it's, like, a lot of pre- pressure to perform and things like that. And obviously my coach here, like, wanted us to win, but it's not like he's making millions and stuff like that. Like, it's just a different – so he's a little more lax, a little more chill, I would say, my coach here. Um, we only practice for, like, two hours – it was great. <laughs> it was like different. I'm used to like four hours grind it out, like, and it was like two hours, pretty chill. So I would definitely say, but my team was actually a lot of transfers. I don't know how much you've looked into. We had like 71 transfers, and a lot of my teammates came from like not so great situations. So my coach didn't 
from this last year kind of took that into consideration and he was like pretty laxed. So I would say they're definitely totally different. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So since you like traveling, uh, I've got one. If you were on a long road trip and you had to stop at a gas station, you could get one snack. What would it be? Well, first of all, I'm stopping at Bucky's. Have you ever been there in Texas? I have no clue what that is. <laughs> Best gas station ever. It's like a mall. You guys should Google it. <laughs> like, so, I'm going to do that. Maybe that's because I'm from Kentucky and there's like nothing but like speedways. But it's the coolest place ever. Um, and I'm getting one thing. I'm probably going to get Chewy Spree's. That's my favorite um, gas station snack. I love Chewy Spree's. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Yeah, I just looked it up. That's insane. No, really though? <laughs> it's the coolest. My sister took me there. I just went to visit her, like, what, a couple of weeks ago? And she, like, was videoing me walking. And I was like, this is a gas station. Why are you videoing me? And I opened it <laughs> up, and I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> uh, so the burning question for uh, Chad and me, so we kind of have a – we've had a running debate of Benny and Rafi uh, ever <laughs> since you got Benny. Uh, so do you have any input or you want to settle settle our debate? We can make our cases if you like, or... I mean, for me, I'm supposed to be the dog mom and not have bias, but I, I kind of do. <laughs> but I feel like Rafi's my day one, you know. He's been there since I was freshman in high school. He's my day one. I literally took prom pictures with him. I mean, that's the day one. Hopefully he's alive when I get married. He can be in my wedding. <laughs> but Benny is, like, my travel buddy, and, like, he can fly with me, and he's a little smaller, and Benny is a super smart, and he's super, um, that dog breed gets super attached to their master. So, like, for me, I'm his master, so he's very much in tune with, like, me. Whereas Rafi is friendly with everyone, which is great. But it's, like, just, like, me and Benny are, like, we're, like, best friends. So, that's corny. But So, yeah. I would say Benny is probably my favorite, but I like them both. <laughs> I was going to say, so you took Benny with you because he's more of, like, your pet, and then Rafi was, like, um, kind of, like, the family pet? Um, yes and no, yes. I kept both of them um, in Lexington because I lived in a house. So that was yeah. a lot easier. But, like, I, Rafi's 90 pounds and Benny's 45. And I live in a small apartment with two girls. So, two other girls, not including me. So, there really wasn't enough room for Rafi and okay. not both of them to be wrestling all day. So, I had to make a choice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I chose Benny. <laughs> Did you name Benny after Benny Snell or was that just a free coincidence? <laughs> <laughs> that worked after, out. <laughs> uh, well, I named Rafi after Rafi a little. Front, you remember him a long time ago running back? Uh, I don't. That's why I'm number 22, because he was number 22. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and then when I, that's kind of one of the reasons I knew um, Benny was for me, because he already had that name. And so when I adopted him, his name was Benny, and I was like, wow, that fits perfectly with Rafi, because I named my last dog after Rafi. And I'm actually fr- friends with Benny Snell, so I would never tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> It just worked out that way. <laughs> I think, not to say that Benny isn't cute or anything, but I, I like how Rafi looks when you uh, uh, oh my God. <laughs> dress him up and put different uh, different costumes on him. Oh, yeah. yeah, I, yeah. That's just what I prefer. <laughs> like, for Halloween and uh, graduations and stuff, I know I saw pictures with them having little caps on them, so... All right, well, that's, for some reason now, I'm right. picturing Benny Snell in different co- uh, costumes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Benny doesn't dress up as well as Rafi. Rafi's very um, compliant. <laughs> Benny makes better March Madness picks, though. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so 
one of the best things I think I've ever seen is you putting two treats on your knee and then you ask your dog who's going to win this March Madness game. And whatever tree it picks, that's what it picks. And my favorite one of that was when the Kentucky and Houston one, you put a piece of broccoli there for Houston and then a really <laughs> delicious treat for Kentucky. Uh, I, I, I enjoy watching that. that was... Not biased at all. No, yeah, not bias. <laughs> and okay, one one more thing. Why Rafi's my favorite? He ate a whole ice cream cone in one bite. Oh yeah, he does that pretty regularly. He loves ice cream. <laughs> that is his favorite <laughs> treat. So yeah, I knew I could get him to pick Kentucky if I put the ice cream cone out there. <laughs> <laughs> He's like super grateful though. Like most dogs, like won't eat like vegetables, but like I don't know if you noticed in the video, but like when I put the celery down, he like thought about eating it. And then he saw the ice cream cone. He was like, wait, <laughs> there's ice cream. <laughs> so he still picked the ice cream. All right. Um, Non-basketball related. What do you think is your biggest accomplishment? Oh, gosh. Well, I've only played basketball for so long. <laughs> so I don't know. I guess getting a degree. Getting my degree is a pretty big accomplishment. Um, working on my master's, almost done with that. That'll be a big accomplishment. So I would say those are probably my biggest accomplishments other than basketball. So what's like your dream job? Dream job. I would love to do marketing and fundraising for a nonprofit, particularly an animal rescue. Um, that would be like dream job. And there's actually a, a nonprofit in Tampa down here that kind of inspired me. It's like a program where they do like rescue animals and then they take uh, like at risk kids. And they kind of, like, adopt them. Obviously, they don't take them home, but they, like, come in every week, and they, like, teach some tricks and stuff and train them. It's kind of like a program, and I would love to do something like that one day, something with animals. Yeah. That's awesome. As you guys can tell, I'm a big animal fan. (laughs) (laughs) I actually had two rabbits, too. Wow. Yeah. And I just got rid of them before I came to Florida because I couldn't take the farm with me. At one point, my cousin and aunt, they're really into animals. They had a bird, three dogs, two cats, five hamsters, and a hedgehog. So that's quite a bit for me, but I, I do love animals. Yeah, in my house last year in Lexington, I had actually two roommates from high school, which is random. But we had two dogs, um, two geckos, and two rabbits. So we had quite the, we had fish as well, whole fish tank. So we had quite the smorgasbord of animals in our house. <laughs> All right, guys, I think that wraps up this episode. Thanks to Mackenzie for coming on being today's guest. Uh, you can find her on Instagram at underscore if anyone can 22. And that, the can is with two N's. So look her up and give her a follow. Comment on her pics, like her pics, do whatever you want. She's pretty awesome, and we're very glad that she came on today. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on. Thank you guys for having me. All right. And now for our recurring segment from the mailbag. If you want to have your question featured on our show, be sure to send them in to theftspod at gmail.com. And let's get started. Hi. Well, hello there. After watching the first round of the playoffs, are there any teams that you guys are more or less confident in going forward? And has that changed any of your predictions? Uh, Yes. And I will say that that team is the Celtics. Uh, because in my first round prediction, I thought that the Pacers were going to win, and boy, was I wrong about that. Um, and I, the fact that they beat the Bucks, I think that they have a 
they've definitely surprised me, and I think they have a good chance going forward. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Golden State Warriors I'm a little less confident in. Um, when you let a team that should not even have been the playoffs were sellers at the trade deadline uh, take you to six games, uh, it's a bit concerning. It took a 50-piece from KD even in game six to clinch the series. Um, I know they hung on in game one, uh, but with help of the referees, of course, as everybody's <laughs> been talking about all week. But, I mean, they are the Golden State Warriors. Um, they'll probably be fine. Um, but it just definitely wasn't the sweep that I think we were all anticipating in round one. I, I have to go with the Celtics as well with Josh. Uh, they underperformed this year, got the four seed, and then rolled through the Pacers just with ease. And then blew out the Bucks in game one. And they lost game two, so the series is tied now. But I definitely like the Celtics going forward. If they can get past the Bucks, they have a legitimate shot to make the finals. Agreed. Next question. Hey, guys. With the Thunder knocked out of the first round again, I'm curious to get your thoughts on what they should do to fix the franchise to get over that playoff hump. Coaching changes, trading players, etc. And also, I have a really good article on this that I wrote the other day. It's on thescorecrow.com, so if you want to go check that out, be sure to do that. It's under the NBA tab, thescorecrow.com. So guys, thoughts on this question? Um, well, I think they need to fire Billy Donovan, and I think they also need to fire Sam Presti. Because I think that, especially Sam Presti, you know, I think he's been holding us back for years now. And I think Billy Donovan's also been holding us back. And I think if we get a new new coach in there, and I just think it could be a good change. Yeah, they announced yesterday, I think, that Sam Presti expects Billy Donovan to return as the coach. And the biggest mistake I think you can do is not making any changes. Agreed. Uh, I think the biggest concern I have with the Thunder is just Steven Adams. Um, when you're paying a center north of 20 million i just i just don't see how in today's age of the nba how steven adams fits with the likes of russell westbrook and paul george um he's no threat from the arc so he literally just clogs the lane uh, i understand he has the rebounding statistics to kind of support that type of play but i feel like uh, rebounds could be easily found elsewhere um especially at the a lower salary cap cost um so i don't know how how feasible of a, of a move that is to try to um, kind of get rid of Steven Adams via trade. I kind of agree and disagree with this. Um, I, I do believe that the best fit for the Thunder would be somebody who can stretch the floor really well. And obviously Steven Adams can't do that because he's not a shooter. But um, I do think he is a valuable member of the team. And I think that he does contribute very well with rebounds and Post game, uh, is he a little overpaid? Maybe, but yeah, I feel like I yeah, I feel like over time he could really work his way into that pay and be worth it. And I think he, as his game develops, you know, I think they'll get better. I mean, I really liked having Stephen Adams when they had Enos Cantor. I thought they complemented each other nicely. Uh, one being more defensive rebounding um, oriented, and then Enos being the offensive prolific scorer. Um, but since, you know, Carmelo was more enticing than Enos Cantor, <laughs> <laughs> we all we all saw what happened there. Yeah, you're probably right. I just love Steven Adams for whatever reason. I don't know what that reason is, 
Uh, but his nickname is Kiwi, so. And he's Aquaman, so. All right, last one. Dear FTS Podcast, I love the podcast and have listened to every single episode with my wife, Emily. I wanted to know who you guys think will be the biggest sleeper out of the upcoming NBA draft. Thanks. Uh, well, I'm going to go with um, probably a pick that you guys will disagree with. Uh, but I think I'm going to go with Romeo Langford. When you think about uh, how, how highly touted of a recruit he was coming out of high school, um, he definitely had a lot of NBA potential and upside. Uh, he was projected a top 10 pick, um, but he also had a disappointing season at Indiana, and that's kind of uh, caused him to slip out of the lottery in some of the mock drafts up to this point. Uh, but I think when you look at the intangibles, kind of the, the, the raw skills, the raw measurables, he might become more enticing come draft night. And I think when he gets into an NBA system where he kind of has more freedom to drive since he's not a prolific shooter from the arc, and that's kind of how he was used at Indiana, um, I think that he'll kind of grow into the slashers and uh, facilitator he was meant to be in the NBA. Um, for me, I'm going to go with P.J. Washington. Uh, right now he's looking at about a late first-round draft pick, and I believe you know he really developed extremely well from his freshman year to his sophomore year at Kentucky. And the way he played, like what he did for Kentucky, he really stepped out and he was really the main player on that team. He averaged 15 plus points. Like he had a stretch where he went, what, like nine games averaging over 20 points. He just absolutely crushed it at the end of the year. And I think that he could possibly even be a lottery pick. I feel like he's definitely been slept on. My pick's going to be Cam Reddish coming into the season. He was projected a top five pick along with fellow teammates R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson. Obviously, I think he was undervalued at Duke, overshadowed by the likes of Barrett and obviously Zion. So I feel like people have not paid as much attention to him as I think they should. I think the latest mock drafts I've seen have him going still in the top ten, but around eight or nine, maybe seven, seven that range. Um, he's an underrated three-point shooter. I, f- I feel like he can shoot the ball very well and stretch the floor as a small forward. Uh, but yeah, that's my pick. All right, I think that wraps it up. And thanks to our sponsor, SeatGeek. Um, have you ever thought about buying tickets, guys, for sports, sporting events, or concerts? Yeah, yeah Monday Night Raw was last night. Exactly. I wanted to go well, to that. Well, guess what, Chad? SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the answer to everything. And let me tell you, you need to download SeatGeek right now, go on the app, and use our promo code FTSPOD to get $20 off your first purchase, and you will not regret it. We've had a few people use it already, so make sure make sure you all are using that code. It's a good deal. And that concludes Episode 8 of the From the Sidelines podcast. Again, a special thanks to former UK women's basketball player Mackenzie Can for her tremendous interview. Um, be sure to follow us at the FTS pod on Instagram and Twitter and send in any emails and questions you have to the FTS pod at gmail.com. Bye. Have a great time.